Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Today, we have got a Q&A episode on deck, but before we hop into that, I've got one quick announcement or just something I want to talk about really quick. A couple weeks ago, I announced that we were looking for an intern for Lost and Lifting. It could potentially lead into a coaching position down the future if the internship worked out and the individual gets through it, so to speak. Um, When I mentioned that, I realized afterwards that I did not have attached below the actual application where you can fill out the internship form for me to be able to reach out to you. And I got a decent amount of messages from people saying that that wasn't there. And so first and foremost, I apologize that it wasn't there. If you happen to be somebody that was listening to that episode and you wanted to apply, but um, obviously the link wasn't in the show notes, then in this episode today, the link down below will be there. I'm extending the internship application process to one more week from this, the date of this episode being aired, So, which is essentially going to be next Thursday if you're listening to this on the day of this episode coming out. So if you are a coach and you're somebody who's looking to join a team, which would be with us, Lost and Lifting, to take your business fully online, to get stacked up with potentially a full roster of online clients, potentially down the future, then I highly suggest that you go down below and apply. apply. Some of the qualifications for this are one, you have to be a certified coach. Two, you have to have experience either in person or already online. Um, And three, you have to Honestly, you have to be a good coach. Honestly, we'll we'll obviously take you through our internship process, which will mold you into our methods and our principles and our core values when it comes to coaching. And if you get through the internship, then obviously you'll be able to become a coach, but you have to start with that foundation. We're not looking for beginners who have never coached clients before. Um, We're looking for people with a decent amount of experience, but are looking to take your career to the next level to fill you up with a a roster and put you in a position to where you can coach full time from an online perspective without having to worry about the business side of things. That's something that I worry about as I'm the, the, owner, the founder, and the really the business owner and runner of the day-to-day operations in terms of the business, you'll just be able to work with clients on a one-to-one basis um, and not have to worry about all the other stuff. So if that is something that you see some potential in or something that you're interested in, like I said, down below is going to be a link to where you can fill out an application. I'll reach out. We'll hop on a phone call and just have a conversation. And again, this isn't some quick fix or, or get rich quick anything when it comes to the online world. This is you becoming a part of an actual company and having to work yourself up and prove your way into an actual paying position. Throughout the internship, there will be no pay. It will come with work. You will be doing a lot of case study work, a lot of reading, a lot of learning, a lot of one-on-one stuff with me so that I can help mold you into the person that essentially I need you to be to be able to show up as the best 
coach possible for the people that work with us inside of the Lost and Lifting brand. So like I said, if that's you, if you have experience, if you're looking to level up your career and join a, a team, a rapidly growing team and a rapidly growing business, I highly suggest that you apply and we can at least just have a conversation. But nonetheless, that's if you're not here for that, don't worry, that's the only time that we're gonna touch on that today. Everything else here is going to be jam-packed with value in terms of a q and I've got three questions here, one from Michelle, one from Tabitha, as well as one from Sparkle that we're gonna hop into. So without wasting any more of your time, let's just hop into it. First question comes from Michelle. I'm currently working out twice per day. Do you think it is okay to have two protein shakes per day, one after each workout, or should I be doing real food instead after at least one of the sessions? So essentially you're asking how many protein shakes per day is okay. And this question, the answer to this question comes with a little bit of nuance, right? Because one thing that you have to understand when it comes to protein powder and drinking protein shakes, and I think this is misconceptualized a lot of the time is that a protein powder in terms of just like a whey protein or a chicken breast or some fish, something that's high protein, that's really low in fat, really low in carb, a lean protein source. It's your body responds to it all the exact same 30 grams of protein coming from chicken or 30 grams of protein coming from a protein shake is the exact same thing in terms of how your body's going to long-term respond to that. Now, in the short term, it can respond very differently, right? A protein shake compared to a chicken breast, that protein shake is not going to be nearly as filling as that chicken breast is going to be just because the protein shake is liquid. It's going to digest a lot faster compared to your body having to break down the chicken breast as it digests, which is going to keep you more satiated for a longer period of time, right? But outside of that, the difference between the two is nothing really how your body responds in the long term is no different and so understanding that protein is just simply a way to supplement your protein intake protein powder is just a way to supplement your protein intake over the long term meaning that if you have a hard time getting in your protein goal protein rage by the end of each day which is eating real food well then adding a protein powder can help because it's a lot easier to drink a protein shake to hit your protein goal by the end of the day, you're supplementing with it, so to speak, right? So that's that's where protein shakes have a benefit. But outside of that, do you have to drink a protein shake after your workout for that workout to be effective? Absolutely not. That is a huge myth that has been debunked by research time and time again at this point. Ideally speaking, as long as you've had some sort of a, a protein source within two to three hours before working out, you can really wait two to three hours after your workout to eat any more protein. And the reason for this is really protein takes a long time to digest. So if you had two to three, if you had protein two to three hours before your training session and now you're coming or, and now you're finishing your training session, well, that protein is still dripping into your blood system two to three hours later because it takes a long time to digest. So it's still, it's essentially your post-workout um, nutrients are coming from that protein that you had two to three hours before the training session, if that makes sense. And so you definitely don't have to have a protein shake right after your workout. Should you be having a meal after one of your workouts instead of a protein shake? Again, this is very nuanced. There's not just a, a direct answer here. It depends on what you readily have available to you. Um, if you really need to 
be having a protein shake right after your two workouts, or if you could just wait a little bit longer to get home to have some food, that's totally fine as well. There's not one that's going to be better than the other in terms of how your body's going to respond to that long term. But in the short term, if you're on lower calories and you're working out twice per day, well, I would say you should be trying to get even both of those post-workout meals from a whole food source like protein, a lean steak, a fish, something that's going to be slower digesting rather than that protein shake. But let's say you're bulking and your hunger levels are relatively satiated all of the time and you're having a hard time eating enough food, well then supplementing with protein shakes after your workouts um, just because it's quicker digesting, it's not as filling, it's easier for you to get your food in by the end of the day without feeling quite as bloated, well then that makes a lot more sense. So as with everything, when we're talking nutrition, fitness, body composition, it depends on where you're currently at. If you need to drink those two protein shakes per day to hit your protein goal by the end of the day, absolutely. If you're just drinking those protein shakes after your workouts, because you think you have to, for that workout to be effective, I would say that you are still falling for the myth of the anabolic window to where there was once thought that you had to drink protein right after your workout to be able to get the benefits of that workout, which is just simply not the case. Um, a general rule of thumb for me, just again, very generally speaking, is definitely no more than two protein shakes per day, if possible, just because I would rather you be getting the vitamins, the minerals, the nutrients from lean protein sources outside of um, a processed whey protein more often. And a lot of people can have digestive issues when it comes to whey protein um, or else you can develop digestive issues if you're, if you're having too much of it too often. So generally speaking, no more than two protein shakes per day, but having an, under, an understanding of the purpose behind protein shakes and how you can use them to your advantage, I think is the most important aspect to this question. And again, there's no special secret sauce to a protein shake or a protein powder. It's the exact same thing as a chicken breast or a lean protein, a fish. The only difference is, is the form that your body's consuming it and digesting it through. And so once you understand that you can use protein to your advantage when you need it, but understand it's not something that you have to have after your workout to reap the rewards of that workout. All right, question number two comes from a current client working with us by the name of Tabitha, who is currently working with Alex and making absolute amazing progress. I was having a conversation with her just a couple of days ago about her process and how things have been going, and she had a question that I thought would be relevant to bring onto this show. So, her question is, the one thing I struggle with each day is my step goal. I'm working out five days per week, hitting my macros daily. I'm working out five days per week and hitting my macros daily. Do you think I need to hit the step goal every day to help with fat loss? This is a very good question because when we're working with clients, one task list that we give for the majority of people is a step goal every single day. And, and for different individuals and different lifestyles, we'll prescribe different step goals. It, generally, it's anywhere from six to 10,000 steps. The sweet spot generally being right around the 8,000 steps. People that are a little bit more active, maybe 10 to 12,000 steps. People a little more sedentary, closer down to that 6,000 to 8,000 steps per day on average. Um, the, and the big reason for this is one, the more active you are, the more calories that you're going to burn, which is going to help with your overall goal, especially when it comes to fat loss. Um, and number two, 
just getting outside, getting in some walking is a great stress reliever, which is something that we can all use a little bit of. But with that said, do you need to be hitting a step goal each day to help with fat loss? And the big thing here that you have to understand is that if your step count is fluctuating a lot on a day-to-day basis, and some days you take a lot of steps, some days you don't take a whole lot of steps, that's going to change your caloric expenditure over the long term as well. So maybe with your deficit, it's depending on you getting at least six to 8,000 steps per day. And if you're not getting that, and let's say you're only getting two or three, well, maybe you're not burning as many calories, which isn't creating as big of a deficit and could ultimately slow down fat loss, if that makes sense. So getting a select amount of steps in per day is just a tool to make sure the amount of calories that you're burning stays relatively consistent over the long term. And so when we're looking at somebody's progress on a week to week basis, and we're looking at maybe their weight has plateaued or that they've stopped losing. The first thing that we go and look at is obviously we look at food logs, see if they're on point. If they're on point, amazing. It's not that they're not tracking their food or being consistent there, right? That's not the root of the problem. And then two, we go look at their training sessions. Are they being consistent with their training sessions and are they getting them in? If they are, amazing. From there, what we do is we go look at their step goal. And let's say that beforehand they were losing weight and they were consistently getting eight to 10,000 steps per day. And now since they've plateaued, let's say something in their lifestyle has changed and maybe they're only getting three to 5,000 steps per day. Well, that's gonna have them burning less calories per day, which has decreased their calorie expenditure which creates a smaller deficit with the amount of calories that we're on, which leaves us with a couple different options. So either you're going to have to decrease calories to make up for the calories that you're not expending anymore, or you're going to have to get more consistent with taking more steps, creating more activity to burn more calories to get back into that sweet spot of the deficit, which was pushing along progress in the first place, if that makes sense. So in your position, Tabitha, do you need to hit your step goal every day to help with fat loss? Absolutely. It's definitely going to help with fat loss in the long term. The more calories that you can burn, either A, the more calories you can consume and still lose weight, or the faster you'll lose weight because you're burning more calories, which is going to create a deeper deficit. Um, but in your particular situation, if if you're trying to hit eight to 10,000 steps per day and it's just too much for you, I would say... Try to bring that down to 6,000 and then see how your body's responding from there. And if you're still losing on 6,000 steps per day with your caloric intake on point, your workouts on point, then great. You're doing an awesome job. If you're not losing at as optimal of a rate at that point, then calories are either need to be drop down a little bit or maybe add an extra training session in through the week or something of that nature to make sure that your expenditure stays high enough compared to the amount of calories that you're consuming to push things along. But if you want things to move at an optimal rate, you absolutely want to be getting your steps in on a daily basis. But again, it works hand in hand with your nutrition, works hand in hand with your training, as well as it works hand in hand with how much you're eating. So you can absolutely adjust any of those spectrums of what you're doing as well, which can offset you not getting in as much steps. It just comes down to being very honest with your coach, having that conversation. And our main goal in working with people isn't to tell you what you have to do, right? You don't have to hit 6,000 or 8,000 or 10,000 steps. It's us setting up guidelines for you of what's going to work best, but then you being extremely honest with us about what you can be consistent with, with the guidelines that we've set. And then from there on a week to week basis, we can make adjustments to your step goal, to your nutrition, to your training, to best suit your current situation, to adjust things the way that they need to be adjusted, to make sure that you're making the progress that you can with where your adherence levels can be in certain aspects or what you can adhere to best. 
best, if that makes sense. And that's where individualized coaching becomes so handy, right? Is you have somebody there that you can let let know your struggles, let know the things that get in your way that you can't be as consistent with, so that you can just tweak things on the back end in terms of your nutrition, in terms of your training that can make up for that step goal that's still going to ultimately have you achieving that goal. So the big thing here is getting hyper aware of what you can be consistent with, how many steps you can realistically be consistent with per day, being brutally honest with that, with your coach that you're working with. And from there, asking for help and asking for adjustments in different ways to alter things to make it more sustainable and more um, progress based in your situation that's going to work for you long term. So hopefully that helps answer your question. Do you need to get in the steps? Not necessarily as long as you're honest with your coach and can make those correct adjustments. Will getting in the steps help? 100%. The more activity you can get, the better at the end of the day. That doesn't mean you need to go crazy. You need to do 15, 20,000 steps, but a reasonable amount between six to 10,000. If you can get that in, it's only going to help with your fat loss journey and expedite progress in the long term. If not, at least make progress more sustainable and easier because the higher your caloric expenditure can be, like I said, either A, that means you're going to lose weight at a quicker rate or B, it's going to allow you to be able to eat more food while losing at a sustainable rate, which can potentially make it more sustainable in your particular situation. So hopefully that helps. And the final question for today comes from Sparkle. She asks, I am petrified of weight gain and have been in a calorie deficit for over a couple of years. I know I need to increase calories to recover. I'm just not sure how to do it. Any advice would be appreciated. Again, This is something that I ran into with a lot of people throughout my coaching career. And more so than that, I've had personal experience with being exactly where you are. I kept myself in a deficit for a couple year time frame when I very first got into counting calories, counting macros, starting to understand how to control your body composition through nutrition, through evidence-based principles. But where I didn't go far enough was I learned how to lose the weight but I didn't learn how to healthily sustain the weight loss in the long run. And I didn't learn, I learned the positives of a calorie deficit, which is what everybody on social media wants to teach you and talk about in their content about all you need is a calorie deficit to lose weight. It's 100% true, but how long should you be in a deficit? What are the consequences of being in a deficit for too long? What should you be paying attention to throughout that deficit to understand when you should come out of the deficit? How should you come out of the deficit when you're finished? What does that process look like? These are all things that, in my opinion, are not talked about enough in social media content in terms of coaches posting, fitness influencers, whoever it may be. This, These are the topics that need to be brought to light more because there's a lot of people out there in a similar situation to Sparkle and a similar situation to what I was in at one point to where petrified to gain weight, Felt like I was stuck on super low calories. Hunger levels are high. Stress levels are high. Recovery is low. Energy is low. Sleep is poor. um, Just restriction and feeling like you're not able to live your life because you're stuck to this prison of counting calories on a, a low intake, which is leading to hunger. And it's something that needs to be addressed. And so I appreciate you asking the question and just having the awareness to know that this is the next step as well as accepting that you're petrified of doing it. But just because you're petrified or just because you're scared to increase calories is not a good enough excuse to not do it. And generally speaking, when anything in life that has you scared or makes you anxious or makes you fearful, 
that's usually a really good sign that that's the next step in your life that you're supposed to take that's going to lead to something brighter in your future. And so the first thing that you have to do is take on that mindset of realizing that you're scared for a good reason. You're scared because this next step comes with the unknown, but on the back end of that, generally when you step into that fear, something good comes from it. So try to accept that. Try to understand that and move forward from that line of thinking rather than the line of thinking of just simply fear and being being overwhelmed of the thought of putting on any weight. And from here, what you have to understand is when you can take on this frame of mind is that weight gain and fat gain are two very, very different things. I've made a lot of content around this idea. Um, I think it's, I actually made a few videos about it on TikTok just a week or two ago. And so, like I said, what you have to understand, weight gain, I'm going to say it again, weight gain and fat gain are two very, very different things when it comes to your body. If you know my content, you know that I am a big proponent of weighing yourself every single day. But I also make you accept and understand that when you weigh yourself every day, you're going to have high days, you're going to have low days, you're going to be perfect with your nutrition and see a low, and then you're going to see um, in a day or two, you might see some highs come back from that. And it's not that you've gained, lost progress or gained any fat, it's just the way of the it's just the way your body works. You're going to fluctuate with water due to sodium, due to stress, due to sleep. Your digestion's going to have it off. Your recovery's going to have it off where you're going to sometimes be holding water, sometimes you're not, but over the long term as we can create week-long trends and get week-long averages from your weigh-ins, that's what's going to actually tell us what's going on with the scale long term. And so the first thing for you when it comes to a reverse diet, I have episodes on actual reverse dieting which you need to do which is going through the step-by-step process of first taking a 200 to 300 calorie increase daily, upping by 200 to 300 calories and staying at that same intake of the 200 to 300 calorie increase for around a seven-day all the way up to a 14-day period, a one- to two-week period. And during this time, when you make this first initial bump of the 200 to 300 calories, you're going to gain a little bit of weight. But remember what I just said, weight gain and fat gain are two entirely different things. What's happening is you're in a deficit right now. Your body is depleted. You're probably not storing a ton of water. Your glycogen, which is the, um, the fluid in your muscles, which is essentially your muscles energy, is going to be depleted. Uh, you probably don't have a lot of food in your digestive system. All of these things have you weighing a little bit less that don't have anything to do with fat gain or fat loss. It's just that your body is depleted. So you introduce this 200 to 300 extra calories each day into your system for a week or two. You're going to gain a little bit because from the added carbohydrates that you're going to be eating, it's going to fill up your glycogen stores in your muscles, which is going to have you weighing a little bit more. You're going to hold on to a little bit more water weight just because you're going to be introducing a little bit more sodium into your body because you're eating more calories, which is going to have your body store a little bit more water, as well as you're going to just going to have more food in your system because you're going to be eating more food volume, which is going to potentially slow down digestion, which might have you gain a little bit of weight as well. But again, we're not exceeding your maintenance level of calories and putting you in a surplus to where your body can put on body fat, but you might potentially gain one to three pounds just simply because you have more glycogen, you have more water, as well as you have more food in your digestive system. And when you can look at it from that rational slash logical point of view, it doesn't have to be as scary anymore because you're looking at it and understanding where the weight gain is coming from. And it doesn't 
being a little bit heavier does not automatically mean negative. If that's the situation, you got to work on your mindset around that first, right? It's not that weighing a little bit more is bad. What's bad is your mindset of thinking that weighing a little bit more is bad, right? So we have to adjust that and fix your relationship with the scale and realizing that your worth isn't tied up in a number that's blinking back at you from an electronic device that you stand on. It's ridiculous when you think about it, right? And so understanding that as you start the reverse diet, you up by 200 to 300 calories and you stay there for a one to two week period, you might gain one to three pounds. And this is your new set point, right? This is your new maintenance weight where you should be sitting. And from here, what you want to do on a weekly basis is increase calories by 50 to 100 calories per week as long as your weight is maintaining, And as long as your weight is maintaining and you're not gaining and that week-long average stays relatively the same each week, you can continue increasing by 100 to 150 calories, or excuse me, 50 to 100 calories per week um, throughout that process. And as you continue to do that and you get to a point to where your hunger levels are feeling a whole lot better, you're to a point to where you're eating a good amount of food, you feel good, you're maintaining, you can either A, continue to try to increase calories further and further to try to maximize your maintenance level and see how far you can adapt your metabolism on the way up. And some people are hyper responders to where you can get calories pretty dang high while still maintaining. But if you do this, you run the risk of eventually running into a surplus of calories right? To where you'll be gaining weight. And if you don't want that, and you could potentially be gaining some fat because you're eating more calories than your body is actually burning, then you're going to have to pull calories back down a little bit to put you back on a maintenance level, which is totally fine. Or if you end up at a point to where calories are now anywhere from say 400 to 600 calories higher than they were in the deficit. And you're maintaining that weight that you had the initial little bump from, and you're holding strong and you don't feel like you need any more food. Your hunger levels are starting to come back. You have a lot more flexibility in your day. You can just stay there. Some people like to push that and see how far they can reverse up, um, with metabolic adaptation taking place so that they're, they're not gaining weight, but their metabolism is just getting stronger and stronger. The more you increase, I've seen people do that and push calories almost too high to where, um, the metabolism gets too strong and it's almost too much work to try to eat so much food each day. Again, that's a very low, low statistic in the population of people that are hyper responders like that, but it is out there. Um, but B, like I said, I would just, my personal opinion for you would try to get somewhere between 400 to 600 calories above where you're at right now and maintain there for as long as you need to. And the, the glory of getting back to a maintenance is you're going to have much more flexibility in the food choices that you can make every single day, meaning you're going to be less anxiety around social occasions, um, more flexibility just with the foods that you get to eat, which can make eating a lot more fun and not just a math equation anymore, which we run the risk of when we're counting calories and something we have to be aware of throughout that process. It's going to bring your hunger levels back. So you're not going to be so food focused every single day. And you're, there's nothing worse than going to bed at night and only, excited to wake up the next morning just because you know that you're going to eat again, right? If you're having those feelings at this point, either a, hopefully you're to a, in a deficit and at a point to where you have an end date and you're at the very end and you're trying to grind it out to get it over to start the reverse or B, if you're doing that and you're not thinking about the reverse diet, it's time to start thinking about the reverse diet because you're overly food focused and, and hunger is at an all time high. And that's not normal to go to bed only focused on waking up in the morning to be able to eat breakfast. That's where I would say hunger levels are are over the top, biofeedback starting to come back poor, and it's time to start the reverse diet. So if you're in that position, like I said, your first jump of calories, 
should be around 200 to 300. Stay there for a week or two. Expect a little bit of weight gain from the things that I mentioned before. And then on a weekly basis from there, include an additional 50 to 100 calories into your diet and let calories consistently increase to get to a point where you're 400, 600 calories above where you're at now. Continue to assess your biofeedback, your sleep, your hunger, your digestion, your recovery, your energy levels, your mood, your motivation, your food focus, and those should increasingly get better over time. If they aren't getting better over time and, and you've been reversing, you're sitting 400 to 600 calories above where you were before, and it's been two, four, six, eight weeks, well then it's a potential that you got too lean from the deficit and your body fat levels are too low. And the best thing to get your hormone production back to an optimal rate means you may need to put on a little bit of body fat at that point. But that's not everybody. That's usually just for people that got extremely lean. So hopefully that helps answer your question. If you have anything in particular that comes up here as you're going through this process that you have questions, as always, my inbox is always open and I'm happy to help give you any advice that, that you may need to hear or just any reassurance throughout the process. And that goes for all of you guys. Um, as far as these Q&A episodes go, I literally take the majority of these questions from the Q&A section that's on the website, which is actually linked down below, as it always is for these Thursday Q&As, to where you can go down, lostandlifting.com backslash podcast. You can click on that. It'll pop up a little form questionnaire box to where you can give me your email. It will give me, you can ask me any questions about your particular situation. Submit those to me. Again, when you hit submit, that will shoot directly to my inbox. And when it does that, then I can take a look through it. I'll send you a personal message back, walking you through your situation, helping you answer any of the questions that you might have to help give you some clarity. And then from there, if I feel like the question that you asked is relative and would help the majority of listeners who listen to the show, I'll bring those questions on and I'll dive into them even deeper like I've done here today. So as always, I really do appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have an amazing day and I'll talk to you very soon. <laughs>